this podcast is recorded while we are driving through Georgia. So you might hear Siri on there helping Karen out with directions. Karen's driving. I'm riding shotgun and keeping her entertained and entertaining you as well, depending on when you're listening to this. Maybe you're in the car driving through Georgia. Maybe you're at home. Maybe you're in the shower. I like to listen to podcasts in the shower. It's fun. But what we're going to talk about today on our way back from getting Lucy knocked up is pet peeves in dog training and in the service dog world. And I'm your host, Victoria Warfel, with Hope Service Dogs and Heart and Soul Dog Training. And with me is Karen George. Hello. Also with Hope Service Dogs and Heart and Soul Dog Training. And then we also have Lucy in the back, hopefully with puppies in her. And Fluffy and Ross, who also decided to go into heat, but we're not breeding Ross this cycle. <laughs> More to come on that. Yeah, yeah, but if you're interested in an awesome Malinois puppy, let us know. We're starting a list, and if we get enough interest, she might have some babies. Anyway, back to what annoys me. People can annoy me, but I love people, and I love helping people. So usually, the they don't. Uh, but we we had a review. We will sometimes get people who post reviews without ever having met us. Uh, and I think it's funny. Or people will talk smack about us. In some of the different... In some of the different uh, Facebook groups and uh, Yelpy things. But we've never met these people. So my first pet peeve is people who try to sabotage another person's business while them themselves go incognito. And you guys realize this is our business too, right? This is how we feed our family. This is how we pay our bills. This is how we are able to help more and more people. So leaving a review because I happen to mention that I like Goldens as service dogs and you don't have a Golden is ridiculous. Stop it. Everyone has their own, but I see entirely too many people who lately want Siberian Huskies as service dogs, but you're not Sansa Stark. Knock it off. This is not Game of Thrones. You're uh, a Siberian Husky. I've had a service dog, a Siberian Husky. It is not ideal. Why is it not ideal? Why did I have one? I have one because I found her and she trained up and she was fantastic at alerting me. Okay. It's not something I ever set out to do. And why I don't like it because that Siberian Husky's first love and first want will always be to run as far and as fast as he can, not to stay and help you when needed. Which brings us to our next one. Your dog should be on a leash. I don't care if you're saying that he's tasking and therefore he should be off of a leash at all times when out because he is always working. My dogs are also always working. My dogs are still on a task. There are breakaway leashes. There are breakaway collars if need be. But your dog should be on a leash. Why? Leash laws are a thing, honey. And you need to have your dog on a leash. Or you know what's going to happen is that owner of that aggressive dog is going to see your dog off leash and say, well, then my dog can be off leash too. And he's going to let his dog off leash. And therefore his dog is going to go and attack some other dog. And it'll be your fault. It will be. Stuff, tough, too bad. Don't want to hear it. Don't whine. Have your dog on a leash. Why is he off leash? So you can say, look at me. Look at my dog. He is too afraid to move out of my heel position. And he is right there. And I'm a badass. Stop it. Just stop it. Put your dog on a leash. It could be a light leash. It could be a long leash. It could be, I don't care. Just leash up your dog, people. Can I walk my dogs around off leash? Oh, are you kidding me? Of course I can. Do I? No. Why? Because I respect things like leash laws and other people. Any collar's not a leash. Yeah, and any collar's not a leash. It's not an invisible leash. It, it is communication. It's communication. It doesn't give direction. Exactly. Karen's saying it does not give direction. An e-collar 
gives communication, not direction. And you need both. You need both. Okay. If you, if another dog attacks your dog while on leash or off leash, whether that dog, other dog is off leash or on leash, it will be deemed as your fault for your dog not being on leash. So that means your dog is off leash. My dog, who's aggressive and an asshole, is on leash. My dog on leash attacks your dog off leash. It is your dog's fault because your dog's off leash. Yeah, because you didn't have a way of redirecting your dog away from that aggressive dog. Yep. So just stop it and just do what's right. Uh, And that is to leash your dog. You know, and I'm in a wheelchair whenever I go out and I do outings and stuff. And trust me, it would be a lot easier to have the dog off leash. I don't do it for the most part because there's just too much. And you know what? When do you make a mistake? Have you ever made a mistake? Have you ever gotten on the southbound interstate when you're supposed to get on the northbound interstate? Or gone to the store to pick up a gallon of milk and a loaf of bread and forgot that gallon of milk? Or go into a room to get something and forget what you've gone in for? Your service dog's going to make a mistake. Yeah, you don't think your service dog's going to make a mistake? You're, You're making mistakes with your human brain and your human rationing and your human thoughts and your human ability to write down a list. And you're still making mistakes. Okay, how about this one? When you drove home, did you stay at or below the speed limit? The speed limit is supposed to be the limit of speed you go, not a suggested average. So if you go above the speed limit, technically that is a mistake that you have made. Have you ever had to use an eraser? Have you ever had to use backwards on the computer to erase what you have written? Therefore, you have made mistakes. Therefore, your dog may make mistakes. What is the problem if your dog makes a mistake? Pretty high. You know, you don't want that to happen. You don't want to be the person who's chasing their dog through the airport because they thought they'd show off going through the x-ray machine or they happen to drop a leash. All dogs need to be off-leash trained. They all do. Every single dog, every single service dog especially, needs to be off-leash trained. Does that mean that we take them out and about off-leash? No, because we're not dumbasses. Okay. Next one. (laughs) We're on number three already and we're not that far into it. Next one is jumping is not an alert. Stop it. Your dog is jumping on you. If jumping was truly an alert, your dog would jump on you. You would excuse yourself and you would go and take preventative measures. And this might be meds. It might be supplements. It might be sitting down or lying down. It might be getting to a safe spot. Not ignoring your dog and pushing him off of you. Yeah. We see this frequently lately. The dog is jumping on this handler and she's not doing anything about it or he or yeah or he's not doing anything about it if you have an alert there should be a response so the dog can stop alerting what is your response your response yeah what is your response what What are you doing response after the alert and not only that but here's here's my big thing with that as well because you know if your dog jumps on you he just looks like an ill-trained jerk but Dogs who alert for medical conditions will often alert to other people who have those same medical conditions because they have learned that when I jump up on mom, I get treats because she smells a certain way. So now I smell this coming off of dad or this stranger, grandma. Um, She has, yep, and she has that same exact smell coming off of her. So therefore, I must jump up on her and alert her because this means something and I know I'm an important special dog. She falls down and breaks her hip. 
yep, grandma falls, she breaks her hip, and it's your fault because you taught your dog that jumping was okay. If jumping was truly an alert, you'd be able to classically condition that to anything else, possibly pulling at the leash, which I wouldn't recommend, possibly nose bumping your hand, nose bumping your knee, possibly blocking in front of you, possibly sitting and pawing at your foot, possibly a bark, which again, I don't like as... But if your dog was truly doing this as an alert, you would classically condition it to anything else that's not annoying. Yes. And so, dangerous. Yeah. Yes. Because it's the dog's natural alert does not mean it's a safe alert. And, and yeah. every alert can be classically conditioned to something that's safe for the general public. Meaning, no barking, no jumping. Yeah. I don't like barking and jumping as alerts. No, the general public does not like barking. In their mind, yeah. a barking dog is a, is a disrespectful dog. Yes, it's very true. A barking dog is very disrespectful, and a jumping dog is very disrespectful. Yeah. Uh, next one that I don't like is people who are ignorant. People who are ignorant annoy me. And that's people who say, oh my god, I can't believe you have puppies out in strollers. That's so dangerous for them. No, it's not. Having puppies out in strollers is the safest thing that you can do because too much pavement can hurt a dog's joints. So you know what annoys me more? The people who take these two and three month old puppies out and make them walk around the entire Disney park or Universal Park or do a giant outing to a mall if malls still exist. That is way more dangerous than having a dog ride comfortably in a stroller or what we used to do, which is extremely short outings with the pups and I'd carry them. But that got to be too much to carry the pups, especially whenever they get to be chonky. All you need is to cause stress fractures on your tiny pups, little bones, or joint effusions because you've rocked your tiny pup on too much concrete and asphalt for too long. Yeah, we had one, it was a pet dog who would come in, it was a golden retriever, and she looked like a miniature golden retriever. And she wasn't, she was a full size, but her growth plates had broke, is what yeah. they had said. That's stress fractures on the growth plates. Okay, and so she was never going to grow any bigger. So when we had her out, people would say, you know, oh my God, I love your dog. And I'd say, thanks, she's a miniature golden. Really? No, she she has stress, you know, she had her growth plates were broken when she was a puppy. This is as big as she gets. I don't always tell everybody that, you know, he's a client and for boarding training, this is what we're doing. You know, sometimes there's just not enough room or time for that to happen. So, you know, you need to take precautions. You need to watch what you're doing with your dog. Don't take your service dog out for eight-hour days with your dog going this way and that way, this visit, that visit, this thing, that thing with you whenever they're two, three, four months old. They can't handle it. They need rest. And they're even, growing. exactly, they definitely need rest because they're growing. Uh, you know, it's too hard on them. It's way too hard on them. And they need the sleep time. And even sleep time when you're out and about is not the same. For example... We drove up to uh, North Carolina from Florida yesterday. It was, what, about a seven and a half, eight hour drive? Yeah. And then I had to come about an hour plus more yeah. to pick up Karen. I'm riding shotgun. I'm talking to people on the phone. I'm looking up things on my phone. I'm writing down notes on my notebook, you know, taking phone calls. Updating websites. Yeah, updating the website. I am basically doing nothing. I'm just sitting here while Karen's done all the driving. Well, I drove a little bit today getting us out of the little ditchy thing yeah. but uh i'm exhausted i don't feel good i need to lay down and go to sleep which means tomorrow is a vicky does nothing day which is really nice because vicky's going to need one of those yeah. 
and Vicky doesn't usually talk about herself in the third person. But, you know, I'm not doing anything, really, except pee breaks and snack breaks, but I'm still exhausted. Yeah, mentally I'm doing a lot, and, and I need a break, and Karen's like, dude, I've been the one driving, I'm the one who needs a break, geez. But, you know, your dog's feeling the same way, guys. Your dog's driving, you know, riding shotgun, he's not sleeping fully. And they need that sleep. Puppies need their rest. Dogs need their rest. And dogs have to learn when to rest. If you notice most service dogs, if you think that they're sleeping while you're out and about, and you get up to do something, they are right there up and ready to go with you. It's because what looked like rest was them being in a quiet, alert, paying attention to what's going on with you. Yeah. So they need time off at night where, or during the day where they can just not be alerting to you so yeah you gotta give your service dogs some breaks yeah the younger they are the more breaks they need yeah and I've, I've had people question and this isn't a rant this part of it it's a, a true you know we need to educate people and we've had people who want you know can the dog play with other dogs well it depends on the dog you know don't take your service dog to a dog park but if you have another dog in the house of course they can play together or if your friend has a dog of course they can play together it's a healthy natural part of of being a dog and if your dog doesn't want to play with other dogs you can go play with your dog you can go play fetch in the yard and that's fine that's not a problem we want that so if you have any questions about why we're doing something with training or using some type of equipment ask us but don't be a snot about it don't snot about it don't make support you know snarky comments that we shouldn't be doing this or that how many years have you been training service dogs how many years have you been breeding what kind quality breeding program do you have before you start making snarky comments about what we're doing exactly how much research and studying and schooling and certifications have you gotten before you can comment intelligently about anything we're doing you need to have some experience and some knowledge to base your comments on you know not only that but if you ask nicely especially in a pm i'm usually good about it if you post snarkily it's going to get deleted and you're going to get banned it's going to happen because i don't have time to deal with stupid people on a public forum because if you truly wanted to know first you wouldn't come across as a snot and second you know, you, you would PM me. You wouldn't try to make it a platform for you. We're more than happy to edu- give education and help you understand and describe why or how we came to these uh, decisions to do things that we're doing or, or breed the way we're breeding or whatever the um, topic might be. Uh, and we're more than happy to have private discussions with you about that tell you you know and and we're more than happy to get suggestions from people who have um more experience in things you know so but privately message us and don't try a dill hole yeah don't try to uh bring down our our um our 501c3 or our business name by by being douches yeah by saying um, hurtful things without, you know, actually talking to us. Right? Yeah. So. It's very true, and it's very frustrating. 
or make up stupid stuff. Yeah, yeah. Some of the some of the comments that have, we've come across in the last six months are complete falsehoods. And you know what my mama always said? My mama didn't say life is like a box of chocolates. That was Forrest Gump's mama. But my mama said whenever they're talking snark about you and they're talking lies about you, it's because they're jealous of what you're doing. And when people are mean and nasty and ornery, it's because they don't have it. They don't know how to get it. And instead of asking for help, which, like I said, we do it all the time. We help people all the time, guys. Instead of asking for help, advice, you know, how, how do I do this? asking for that support instead of that they just make up lies yeah. you know i know the dogs that that we have a lot i know the dogs that are out there that we've trained i know that just because somebody signs up for our online course or does one private session with us i don't go around claiming that you know that's one of my dogs you know yeah they did our online course i don't know how much the owner's done with that you know and there's a difference between what we would place and what we help with we help owner trainers guys ultimately it is up to you but the dogs that that we have the dogs that we've placed the dogs that are fully trained are a different story and i know what they do and i know what they are and they're fantastic you know and if they prefer to do something else like rude didn't want to work for me as a service dog fine he doesn't have to he likes rich and luke better that's not a problem uh, you know, we washed him. He was in training as my service dog for a, a while. Well, as a service dog and then as mine. Uh, but he doesn't like to do it. Django prefers doing bitey, sleevey stuff instead of service dog, which is fine. It's not an issue. Doesn't mean that we failed. It means that he likes something more. Something that, golly gee gosh, guys, something that he was bred for is better than something that we wanted him to do, which is why whenever you tell me I want to get a Siberian Husky service dog or an Irish Wolfhound service dog or a, you know, one, another breed that shouldn't be a service dog, you know, I tell you, you know, Golden's Labs and Poodles, man, and it's not just any Labs, it's Yellow Labs. It's not just any Poodle. I don't think that who want a service dog to be a protection dog. Oh my god, yes. There's a reason Django is in training for bitey stuff now and not service dog and bitey stuff because he could do everything. The service dog task cannot be protection. Can Ross do some tug work? Can Django do some tug work? Yes. Yes, that's not a problem. Your service dog can do tug work, but if you're one of the super people who think you have to switch your dog over to a, a defensive watch out for the bad guy drive, which, honestly, if you know anything about bite sports stuff, which I know a, a fair and midland small bit, you want to keep them in that play. If it's sports stuff, you want to keep them in play drive. Those videos that you see out where the, someone busts into somebody's house and happens to have the camera on the dog, and the dog goes running and biting the guy, well, the guy's always in a suit, and it's prepped. The dog knows what's coming. He's not stupid. Or the dog would be sleeping or half relaxed, and the dog would, you know, the person would come in. Plus, what if, what if, what if that was a neighbor running in because an accident happened and they just barge, in, barge into your house? Do you really want your dog going and attacking yeah. somebody who just happens to barge into your house? Oh, heck no. no. So, you know, you need to have that on command. I've talked to people and if you touch them, if you go up and you clap the guy on his shoulders, the dog was supposed to attack you. 
Now that means if I haven't seen the guy in a while and we're high school chums and I see him and I go up to him I'm like, oh my gosh, it's been forever since I've seen you and I touch him on the shoulder, the dog's attacking me. Do you know how much liability there is in that? A lot of liability. And, and the definition of a service dog does not include that as a task in any way. Yeah. Yeah. If the dogs have protection training, stop it. Especially what I see people doing for protection training. You know? Attacking without a command and no command to actually tell the dog when to let go. Yeah. So. And then having to yell at the dog to get him to let go. Right. Eventually, after three or four times. Now, if you can't whisper the command, you shouldn't be doing it. Right. And if you don't have a command, then your dog's making those decisions. Your dog should not be, ought not making those decisions. No. He ought not be. He should not be. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big pet peeve that um, we get people who want a badass looking dog, and that's another pet peeve. Wants a badass looking dog yep. to scare people away. I mean, to like, um, yeah, to deter people from uh, from looking at you somehow. Well, there's two there, Karen. I yeah, think there's there really there's that. Two, there's yeah. the you know the dog who looks like a badass mofo. There's also all the patches on your dog saying, don't look at me, don't look at me, don't yeah. look at me, don't look at me. Yeah, there's two there. Yeah, right? right? And and so both of them are stupid. Stop doing it. So, yes, I do have a Doberman who was working as my service dog. And since we bred her last time and then she, she did have the miscarriage and then she had the recovery from it. And then just as I'm ready to start training her up again, she comes into heat and we just bred her again. So by the time this litter is ready to go home... It'll be about a year since I've worked Candy last. So Candy will be retiring, uh, service dog-wise. We'll see how she does with this litter, if we want to do a second litter, and then we'll place her, uh, which doesn't mean I love her any less. It just means we've got eyes on the prize, uh, on what we're working on. And, uh, you know, if you're interested in a Doberman who was a service dog and whose beau was a service dog in training, I, don't know, I assume he made it to be a service yeah. dog both European, both fully clear of everything, which is hard to find in a Doberman, let me know. Now, here's the fun thing. They will have their tails, and they will have floppy ears when they go home. Tail docking is done at three, up to three days old. Three days old, yeah. We are not doing it. We're not doing tails. We're not doing dew claws. And then sometimes they will crop the ears. Uh, about eight weeks to 12 weeks is the ideal time to crop the ears. It is getting harder and harder to find a vet who will crop ears and do a good job at it. And then it's about six months of posting to make sure that those ears stay upright. If you want a dog with prick ears, get a dog with prick ears. But they're not going to be coming from us. Yeah, they're not going to be coming from us. So if, if a Doberman isn't supposed to look like that, look up and see what a long-tailed or a Doberman with a tail and floppy ears looks like. They're pretty cute. And do claws. Do claws will help them with balance, with gait. The tail will help them with balance, with gait, with movement, with communication. You know, we didn't do this because we want to be different. We do this because ethically, I can't, I just can't do that. I can't chop tails off of little puppies. You know, I, that's all I can picture, Karen, in my head. There's a bunch of little puppies and then a bunch of little, what, inch tails, two inch tails lying there beside them. Like, I just, I can't physically do that. That makes they me sick. scream bloody murder string on their tail to to cut off the blood supply on their tail and then you and then you take a pincher and you pull their dew claws off yeah three days old they scream for bloody murder yeah i'm not doing it 
because I see Candy. If you look at Candy's pictures, if you see her moving, Candy's center of balance is forward. It's, very it's in forward. her chest. Why yeah. do you think those dogs get very chesty? And that has a lot to do with the tail docking. It does because they don't have that extra foot on the end there, so everything yeah. moves up a foot, which means their center of balance, instead of being, you know, their belly button maybe area, it's now moved up further about a foot. Which puts it at their chest. On the breed of the dog, they dock, uh, well, with the, with the Dobermans, they dock 80% of the tail. That's a lot. Yeah. Other breeds, like Pointers, they brought they dock anywhere between 40 and 60% of the tail, depending on where the fur sits. And or, apparently... Or beauty. Exactly. Yeah, depending on where the fur sits, depending yeah. on where the markings are, depending right. on if he has any cute spots right there. Right. I'm like, really? So none of this was really for function. No, none of it was for function. And if, honestly, if you could tell me that, no, 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 they'll get a happy tail. Every Doberman would get happy tail. That's why you dock them. It'd be a different story, but it's not why they dock them. It's not even true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've had pit bulls who have happy tail, but I haven't had other breeds who have had happy tail. Yeah. And then the ears, Candy has the dock and the crop, and it's nice. I mean, honestly, like, I don't have to worry about smashing her tail into doors like I've done with Arrow accidentally once. Um, but now in Europe... Most of the champions do not have docked or... It's illegal to dock and crop. It's illegal now, yeah. And like I said, it's harder to find a vet who will do the ears on a Doberman. And when you do, it's going to be at least $900 to get them done because they don't want to do them. Yeah. It's it's a lot of work and there's a lot from the PC crowd. Yeah. You know, and I feel for that. But, you know, if you want the Doberman to have up ears, breathe that in somehow. You know, don't take it and, and chop off half of their ear. Maybe you want a shepherd or a Malamog. I mean, they have... <laughs> to get on the waiting puppies. list for Ross Django puppies, just let us know. Yeah. But they're not going to go off as service dogs. No. They're not. It's not going to happen, guys. They're going to probably more likely go off as working dogs for other working dog trainers. Yeah. Or yeah. competition people. And it would be for genetics. Yes. You know, because... Everyone and their brother breeds Malinois, and they don't know what the heck they're doing, and they don't know how to start the dogs off right. Yeah. So, we like the Goldens more, but we might do a litter of Malinois before we do Ross, just to help get good lines in people's hands. Yeah. So, so we'll have Dobermans, they're not going to look badass, but they'll be awesome mobility dogs. Yes. Yes, so. they should be very good mobility dogs. They should be very stable. They should be very nice. Uh, they should be fine in public, yeah. you know, for the public access stuff. Now, granted, guys, you've got to do the work. Now, if you want people to be looking at your dog and not looking at your disability, get a golden. What will soften everybody's faces and minds is a, a beautiful golden by your side. They, will, they can't help but smile when they see a golden. Because there's sunshine on four legs. Yes. Furry sunshine. Absolutely. Yeah, that was our, it sounded like a commercial there. But it's okay. true. It is true. It is true. That's why goldens are our primary, what we're working on. Now, the poodles will grow because I know people do, you know, want poodles, need poodles, and I think poodles make very good service dogs. Uh, Dobermans, it's going to be pickier. I'm going to be pickier with yeah. where we place them. And we're only going to do, like I said, a litter or two. So it's going to be just small. Yeah. And then 
you know, we're going to be concentrating on the Goldens and on the Poodles. You won't have to put don't touch, don't look at my dog on a Golden. Um, hey, if you do, no one's going to listen to it anyway. Yeah. And they'll, they'll just compliment you. They'll help you with your anxiety because they will be smiling. They won't be threatening to you. They can't help but relax when you bring a Golden around. You know? Oh, exactly. And that will help you. And it, it'll help that I feel alone and isolated. Did I say Goldens are the best? Goldens, are the best. I love the, I love Goldens. If I was going to have one breed forever, it'd just be Goldens. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. So those, those are a lot of the pet peeves off the top of our head uh, because it, it can be aggravating. And here's part of it too, guys, is the service dog world is very isolating. I say this a lot and I'm saying it again. It is very isolating. You can either stick your head in the sand and try to be on your own and that's hard it's frustrating you don't know if you're doing the right thing um you don't know if your dog's being all your dog can be and then people will talk to other people who maybe have experience maybe not how many dogs have i trained oh my god i've lost count thousands thousands of dogs i mean 17 years guys is a long time um thousands of dogs i don't know how many service dogs minimum of 500 service dogs uh, and that's, that's a lot. You know, it's not that I'm 40 something years old and I've had dogs my whole life. I've had what, maybe six dogs my whole life. So therefore I'm a professional. Well, you know what? I've had a heart my whole life. It doesn't make me a cardiologist. I've driven cars since I was 16. I've ridden in cars since I was a few days old. No, I don't even like to put gas in my car or diesel in my van. You know, and, and so you've got to understand that people may know more than you know. When you need a mentor, when you need a trainer, when you need help, we have programs where you can you have guidance with the online program and you have we have programs that to meet all kinds of learning um types of learning learning styles, styles yeah. and how much help they need individually yes private programs you have video or calls for video people who can't come here phone calls, calls if you don't want to see me but pair up with a with a reputable trainer that has experience that does a training program that meets your training desires or training ideas Sometimes we tell you we're not the trainer for you because you don't, you may, you don't agree with the tools that we use. Um, and that's okay with us. There yeah. are many types of trainers. Um, we use the tools we use because it gets results in a much quicker, stress-free, stress-free for you, your dog, and me. For you and your dog. We understand some people can't comprehend using certain tools, and that's fine. As long as you understand, it's going to take longer, as long as you have the patience, if you don't use certain types of tools. Yeah. So, and that's fine. And you might have to wash your dog out more might, or yeah. faster. Yeah. You know, something that we could fix, we might not be able to fix. If, if you're limiting yourself, if you limit yourself on the tools, if you limit yourself on those, you're going to limit yourself on the results, too. You give us a chance to explain 
dog training program, I guarantee you, you would feel at ease about our, why we do things the way we do. I guarantee you, if you just give us a chance to explain it to you. So. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you can check out, we, we have a lot of, I think this podcast is going on, what, four years or so now? So we have a lot up there. We have a lot out there. We have videos, we have Facebook, we have Instagram, we've got TikToks, we've got, the, you know, everything. We share so much, guys, out there because we, we know how it was. And I could tell you everything and it's not going to change. You know, people are still going to want help doing it and some people are going to take it and run with it. But here's the problem with taking it and running with it is the same thing that happens every time I put up a, bo- a box picture or a box video. What's the point of this? You know, I've talked about it how many times? You talked about it how many times? And it's still something that people have questions on, which is fine. We're more than happy to answer the question. Oh, you betcha. I'm happy to answer it every single time you ask. Yes. Because I want you to understand. But if you're going to be a smart aleck about it and post and comment, it's going to get deleted don't do it be nice yeah. you know you want to treat people how you expect to be treated there's not enough niceness, niceness going around lately there's not and you know what so we stopped at starbucks in concord charlotte area and starbucks there had we went in to pick up the order karen placed it online we went in to pick it up and they had a bunch of post-its up by the pickup area and it was full of wonderful love pick you up sayings and it was such a bright, happy way to start your day. You know, you can look at them. You could possibly add to them. You know, you could snap a picture if one of them really resonated with you. But that was so fantastic. And there's not enough love in the world. There's not enough help in the world. There's not enough do for others in the world. And that doesn't mean that I'm going to donate to your GoFundMe for training up your service dog. And that hope is evil because hope's not donating to your GoFundMe to train up for a service dog. It does mean that, you know, we will provide that support. We will provide that help to the people who want to help themselves, too. We offer free, the free podcast we do. We'll do free webinars. We'll do free group classes. Uh, We do free meetups monthly, you know. Like, we, we put a lot out there, guys. Part of being a 501c3 is so you can raise money that goes to your training program for your dog. It, it's up to you to set up the platforms to raise that money. You can make things and sell them. You can do services for others, you know, and have them put them, uh, instead of getting directly paid, have them contribute to your dog, your your service dog's training program. It, that yeah. is part of what why we set up the 501c3. One of our girls raised over $20,000 to cover the dog, the cost, yeah. you know, the training, the equipment. Medical equipment the yeah. medical, um, uh, and she did it by making dog. stuff that she knows how to make. And we'll she, get people often yeah. who will say, you know, um, I can't afford it. Okay. Well, what can you do? Yeah. Wait, what do you mean? Shouldn't you just give it to me? No. If you can't afford to pay for it, what can you do? You can contact corporations. They have programs where you can sell pizzas or sell, you know, their Well, Yankee Candles does the candles. the candles. That's all up to you. You need to do that work. That We are training dogs. We are breeding dogs. 
and making it available through a 501c3, it's up to you to do the work to raise the funds. Yeah. So. Oh, most definitely. Yeah. And not only that, but, you know, well, I can't do that, but I am very good at X. Yeah. Okay, great. What are you good at? Let's see. We'll see how we can help there. Yeah. You know, and, and take it from there. Not just, well, why aren't you giving it to me? I told you I can't afford it. Well, that's nice. You know, I can't use the, well, I donated a dog, therefore I don't have to pay my mortgage. Or I donated a dog, so, you know, give me my Sprinter van for free. Or make my monthly payment on it. You know, I can't. It doesn't work that way. Life doesn't work that way. But by setting up, as Karen said, by setting up the 501c3, we enabled it to help you out better. And to be able to not just get an amazing puppy to start it, but to get the help, the support, the training that goes along with it. Now, through hope, we only train dogs that we have bred. And that's either pet therapy or service. You know, it doesn't have to be just service dogs. If you have a pet dog that you purchased through hope and you want that pet dog to have training, of course we can do that for you. But it's not... If you have a dog from somewhere else, I'm not, we can't train through hope. You know, it's one of the decisions that we made that in order to set everybody up for the most success, we wanted to just train up the dogs that we've, we've bred. So we know the health, we know the history, we know the temperament from the very get-go. Another pet peeve of mine is, I want you to come evaluate my dog and give my dog a certification. Does that ring a bell? <laughs> so certified service dogs. Guys, there's no such thing as a certified yeah. service dog. If you would like to test your dog with the public access test, we are more than happy to run your dog through Hope Service Dogs Public Access Test. But it's not a certification. No, nor will your dog be getting an ID. Yeah. Okay. And especially dogs that we haven't met to say... You know, no, I want this dog certified because I need to travel by airplane and I need a certification saying that he's a service dog. I've never met you before. I don't want to to, to put my name on a dog I haven't met. Maybe for the hour, two hours, even three hours, uh, the dog's in, in the, the best behavior that the dog's ever had. But realistically, the dogs of the length are better terror. You know, and I'm not, I need to know the dog. We need to work together to make sure that everything's good. Not just, you know, assume from one get together that, you know, I can judge. It's a moment in time. Where your dog needs the help, where your dog needs the work, where your dog needs the time put in. And you know you need that. You need to know where you need to be concentrating on next. And just because your dog passes the public access test does not mean that your dog doesn't need any more training. Nor does it mean that, uh, you know, just because your dog did good that he's done forever. Or that your dog needs to be washed out because he happened to have a bad day and he didn't sit when you told him to. You know, there's everything. Okay. Um, there's there's all sorts of variables there. 
Now that doesn't mean if you have a dog who's aggressive, you should continue working him as a service dog. But, you know, you need to... Oh, watch out, this car's coming over. Okay. He apparently thinks he has his own freaking lane. He was in the off-ramp. Now he's riding on the shoulder. Oh, my gosh. And he's not paying attention. He didn't even realize what just happened. Oh, my gosh. People. I mean, last night was bad when we were driving, and it was dark, and it was rainy, and it was... Um, what are the clouds that are outside? It's not smog. It's fog. There you go. It was foggy outside, and Karen's driving. She's being a trooper about it. And there's all these idiots. We hydroplaned twice. And she just... And then today we're driving, and a semi-truck blew a tire out right in front of us. Right in front of us. And then he's trying to get over, because we were in the left lane, you know, behind him. And there was a car on the right that he was in the midst of passing. And the car just decided to speed up. The, the truck's trying to get over. And the car's like, no, I'm going to speed up. I'm going to speed up. Ha, ha, ha. Instead of just hanging back. Truck's whole tire rolls off, and now he's on his rim. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That poor truck. Yeah. <laughs> that car just won't let him over. Yeah. And then the car almost went into the ditch. Yeah. Oh, gosh. It's been fun. All I could see was that car flipping next. Yeah. Yeah. And here we are. You're riding behind with precious cargo. Okay, so we're about to get off here, uh, do a walkie around um, bit of a break here. So we will talk to you next time on our podcast called Service Dog Secrets because we tell you things that nobody else wants you to know, but we'll tell you. Okay, have a fantastic week. Uh, like, share, subscribe, rate us super high because we're honest about things. We're not going to beat around the bush or lie to you about things. You know, and that's one of the things I hear from people all the time is they like how honest we are and how upfront we are and how we're willing to tell the truth about things. And a lot of others aren't, you know, they want to be all nice. And while, yes, you should be nice, you know, you need to be honest too. You need to be honest, forefront, be honest. First and foremost. Yeah. Okay. So we'll catch you later, guys.